It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda. I am the host and a franchise consultant, I guess, by night, by day. I'm not sure. I am, um, I've been with Franchise now for 17 years, and I'm bringing on one of my colleagues today who has been here with Franchise even longer than me. But real quickly, if you haven't been to my website, check out thefranchiseacademy.com, where you can check out my book, Franchise Savvy. Also, look at my new online course, the A to Z's on how to buy a franchise. There's about 45 videos in that course you might want to check out. Um, But today, I'm really excited to have Diane Ployce with me. So Diane, um, much, much smarter than I am, but I I can't spell her name. So we we say it's Diane Ployce rhymes with Rolls Royce. And that's how I remember how to say and, and spell her last name. Diane has been with Franchise now for 18 years and helps people all over the country with choosing a franchise or helping them to choose not a franchise and maybe keep a job instead. She's known on LinkedIn with thousands of followers as a franchise fitter. So check out Diane on LinkedIn. She has amazing videos um all about franchising and a whole bunch of other things one of the most well-read people i've ever met in my life uh diane welcome to the franchise academy thank you very much tom for an impromptu intro you did a wonderful job i appreciate it (laughs) oh thank you very much i'm trying to get my like i'm trying to get my toastmasters on you know so diane and i both belong to an organization called toastmasters um, Diane is very high up in the organization. And just for the sake of it, Diane, explain Toastmasters for the for the listeners. Sure. Toastmasters is a nonprofit organization. It's a place that you go to for really either option to develop your public speaking skills or to work on your leadership skills in a safe, friendly environment. I joined because one of my friends said I needed to go and I dragged my feet and I dragged my feet and I was giving presentations. I could see people texting and probably sharing cat videos and and she asked how it was going and I said, not as well as I would like. I'm putting all this energy and effort in and people say that they get all the info, but I can tell they're doing other things. And she said, you really need to go to Toastmasters. So I went and that was probably about a dozen years ago. I think it's a wonderful organization because it not only helps with your public speaking, but you get to practice and you develop confidence in what you can do. And in fact, on occasion, I've called Tom right? I've needed some good jokes and he's had some good jokes for me for meetings or presentations. And you learn to tell stories. And most of the time we're on Zoom or initially when we're talking with candidates, we'd be on the phone. I look back to how I sounded and the friend who recommended I attend called me the queen of Oz as an ah, Tom, what do you think ah about that? (laughs) It was terrible. Yeah. Isn't it funny? So, in, in, so I was a member of Toastmasters 
for several years and I was in two different uh, chapters and what they do at every meeting when you're together and or doing it on Zoom is they actually have a ah and ohm counter. So somebody's assigned that role for, for the meeting. It's usually one hour to the minute, very punctual as part of the Toastmasters philosophy. And someone is there counting how many times you're going to say ah. Uh, once you once that happens, like I just it just happened, you become very cognizant and you get very good at eliminating ahs, ums, and even filler words, which is another thing that I have a problem with. So highly recommend it. It's inexpensive. There's probably a chapter in your town. Great leadership skills. So many. Uh, I could talk about so many things. One one thing that I I just have to share this. One thing that we used to love that I love that we did in our meetings. Uh, we had one of these Toastmaster chapters in on my job. We met in the conference room at the Transit Authority. We were called Transmasters, Toastmasters. And I was one of the founding members of that chapter. But we would do, um, I forget what they call it, hot topics maybe, Diane, table where, topics. you know, table topics and just you would have to just speak off the cuff. They would just say, okay, Diane, tell us about what do you think about windmills? And you'd be like, <laughs> and you're on. And so you you learn to survey the room instead of just sitting there, you know, kind of daydreaming as somebody's speaking, you you get into the habit, I know that I have, of, of looking around the room and seeing some cues where you might be able to say something that would be interesting when somebody calls on you out of the blue. Is that, am I saying, am I explaining that right? I'm not even sure. You, you are. You get to practice your extemporaneous speaking, so to speak. You only need to speak for one to two minutes. We always tell people, if you run out of something to say, revert back to what you had for breakfast or segue into what your dog did or your last golf game because you need to hit that one-minute mark. You just need practice speaking. But it's all done in this encouraging, positive, fun environment. So when you talk about someone checking your ums and ahs, it's it's not done to put you down. It's done because you usually don't recognize it. And initially, I was so happy when I finally got out of double digits and got into single digits. It was like progress. Yeah, yeah. It's and it, and that now when you listen to someone and they're dropping all those ums and ahs you get like a headache as, as a Toastmaster. You're like, oh my God, they need to go to Toastmasters. <laughs> also, it helps with your listening skills, which I did not realize that there's another part where you evaluate a prepared speech. And sometimes I'll be listening to someone give an evaluation. I'll think, I don't remember that or what a what a great point. So it, it helps all the way around. Yeah, it's so great. So... Um, let's talk about franchising for a minute. That's good. <laughs> so how did you get into franchising? How did We always have these weird kind of stories of how somebody gets in. Um, how did you start? It was very serendipitous. If we go back a long way, when we moved to California from the Midwest, and you might hear my Midwest accent, I answered one newspaper ad for a marketing director for a franchise development company. I was hired, so that was my start. And then the president of that company 
was brought on to lead a franchise that was based in Denver. So I commuted for a couple of years. Two of my colleagues realized that the franchise company was struggling in their space and they were invited to join FranChoice. And loyal me, I stayed there and then was downsized, even though I was part of senior management as the director of marketing. And my two colleagues called me up and said, Diane, you should talk to the people at FranChoice. If you would be invited to join, you would love it because you're you're matching good people with good franchise opportunities. You're not forcing that round peg into the square hole as sometimes had happened before. And I learned about it. I was invited. I was thrilled and have appreciated the opportunity, the people I get to work with, both the candidates and my colleagues are just fabulous. It's such a family atmosphere and it comes from the top. It comes from Jeff Elgin, the founder of Franchise. Every It's so inclusive. Everyone is just... Um, we're, helpful we're, and smart. Right, and, and, and helpful and smart for sure and encouraged to to share and embrace you know diversity uh, and and adversity, um, which a lot of times we'll face uh, you know in our economy, and and so there's all sorts of different things going on. I always say whatever's happening in the economy comes across our desk eventually. Um, so right now we're we're talking you know we just came out of the pandemic we're still kind of in the pandemic. Um, and we learned a lot, right? So what, what do you think about that whole experience now? Just going on two and a half years, um, what do you think? Well, a couple of things. One, I am so impressed with the franchise companies that we work with and what they did. So many of them went over and above, and they don't, they don't tout it. In fact, they're usually pretty modest about it, but some of them with the location-based um, concepts, they called up the French, they called up the leaseholders to see if they could renegotiate the lease. Some of them dropped the advertising requirement or reduced the advertising requirement. Some of them went out and sourced material. So if their franchise, uh, if their franchisees needed masks, gloves, if they needed the protective equipment, they said, we want you to stay focused on your customers and your business. You don't know anything about sourcing yet. We'll source it for you to make sure that you're not ordering and getting a box of rocks or ordering gloves and you order the large and you get the small or the quality is not there. They just did it. They shipped it out and they they just did these things. One franchise company hired a person to help their franchisees fill out the paperwork for the PPP and the EIDL loans. And again, it allowed the franchisees to focus on their business and they went back to their vendors to renegotiate and whatever they could do to help. And many times they would have weekly calls or bi-weekly calls just to keep everyone updated and working together. So I, I was just so genuinely impressed with what they were doing. And then I think the other part is still there's, there's opportunity there. Uh, so again, the the companies that are well run and well managed, they they shine, and that opportunity is even greater. 
right? So these are so in my opinion, there's franchises that have done well through the pandemic. And so we have our finger on the pulse of those companies and we're making placements with those companies. We've also seen a lot of the same type of companies, if not the very same companies, thrive through the Great Recession, you know, over a decade ago. And so we're taking some of the pages out of the playbook from the Great Recession, applying it to the post-pandemic uh, possible, you know, another recession maybe coming up uh, in, in the next few months to a next few years, who knows. So we have, you know, somebody like Diane, who's been doing this for 18 years, has seen more than one recession. <laughs> we, we, we lived through the last one when money was tight. I think what was different then is that we'd see these leverage buyouts where companies then were laying off people as a way uh, to, I can't even say add value, but, but uh, resell a business. And now we're seeing a lot of companies that are now families of brands where private equity is investing and they love the franchise model and they're coming in with money and they're spending it on, on technology and additional support and franchise development because they want to increase their investment. So that's a, a huge positive. So when you say family of brands, what, what do you mean by that? Well, when we look at some of the flagship brands, we might think of a company that's been around for 20 or 30 years. And it's probably a service-based company. And the, the parent company says, gee, we know franchising. We know how to market to them. We know the candidate. We've got the vendors. We've got all these relationships. We could add on another business, an emerging brand, and that emerging brand could take advantage of everything that we've learned and really give them a tremendous head start. So with these families of brands, we've seen companies that have residential cleaning and they've added dog grooming and they've added lawn care or pool care, pet care, senior care, all of these things. So the candidate now has also somewhat changed and people that want a bigger business or really the empire builders are looking at it and saying, gee, I could invest in business A, get it up, scale it, run it, be successful. And then if I want, I know the customers in my area, I could leverage and I could add on another business, a complimentary business from that same company because I like the culture, I respect the management team, I know the technology, it's a much easier play and they can continue to grow and scale. Yeah, it's an amazing thing that's happening in franchising where um, I don't think the average mom and pop could even compete because some of these franchise companies that are relatively small and maybe regional at the time get this private equity money in the millions or tens of millions of dollars. So now they're able, as you said, to invest in the top-notch technology, the top-notch leaders. You have great trainers, you, you know, um, customer facing apps, you could get involved, you know, a lot of these companies get involved with marketing companies. So they know down to the street, what location they want to be in all driven by data, which costs like $150,000 a year to have that data. But these companies can afford it because they have all this, 
you know, PE money, private equity money. And they and can amortize it across different brands. And, and then there's that. What one of the franchise companies I know uh, upgraded their technology. They're very sophisticated, but again, it, it was their flagship brand, older brand. So they had franchisees that had been with them for 20, 25 years. And yeah. while they had an appreciation for the new technology, they're just more comfortable with the old technology. And yes, it didn't have all the bells and whistles. And yes, it took a little longer. So when they had additional funds, they hired 30 additional regional support reps to go out in the field to help the existing franchisees upgrade and use the new platform. Wow. And, and that's huge. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, there's a lot of myths about franchising um, but which we're going to break here uh, on this podcast today. But um, but I love the whole, your whole idea of this family of brands because you could leverage the customer. You're already in the home. So, you know, if you own a painting franchise and you're painting, you know, the, the house, you could say, well, Mrs. Ployce, uh, I, painting looks great. I, you might want to upgrade the cabinetry. Um, you know, I, as we would say in New York, I got a guy <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so, and that guy might be you, uh, yourself, you might own that franchise as well. And, and so that's the power of multi-brand family brand on the one umbrella. And it's so much easier. I think it's easier now to be in a business than it ever has been in history because of technology. I I agree. There's so much sophistication there. Uh, I can think back to one of my early candidates that I worked with called me and he had a residential cleaning business and he was an aggressive owner, but he only had one territory and the surrounding area was already sold. So he said, Diane, help me find a complimentary business. So I suggested a, a, a mobile pet grooming business, which he did invest in. And he was thrilled because he said, I know all the homes that have pets. I can cross market to them. I can target them. Bingo. He was off to this very fast start. Brilliant. But on, on that, so I was, I was also looking at a pet grooming company um, a couple of years ago. And what I found really interesting is that there's enough data out there where, you know, years ago before digital, <clears throat> if you had that dog grooming, mobile dog grooming company, you would send flyers or door hangers or whatever to every home in the zip code. Now you're able by address to know who has a dog and who doesn't because of the swiping of the credit cards or the loyalty cards. So, you know, dog, dog, no dog, don't send something there. So it's so much more cost effective just in that, you know, from that perspective, it's just absolutely amazing and, and again, easier than ever. I, so I have to tell you too, one uh, person I worked with who bought a, a fitness franchise in the city next to me, and I was looking at social media, waiting for their grand opening promotions and advertising, and I wasn't seeing it. And I knew when their grand opening was scheduled. And I called the franchisor because I was concerned. I thought, oh, no, something happened. Something fell through the cracks. They're my people. <laughs> and I called and they said, so, Diane, what's your zip code? How far are you away? And they said, 
you're not in the territory that they're servicing. And they said, oh, and by the way, how old are you? And I went, oh, no. And they said, we like you, but you're no longer in our age demographic. We're not targeting you. And, oh. and they opened up and they had one of the best grand openings in this large company that they ever had. But none of it was targeted to me. And I was I was a little offended, but, but I was also impressed at what they had done. Yeah, it's that's a great story. I love it. Um, but as the you know, franchise fitter, uh, famous on LinkedIn and digital media, the franchise fitter, um, in your opinion, what's the profile of a successful franchise owner? Someone who knows the reason why. Why do they want to do it? It's not going to be easy, but they have to have that desire, that grit, that determination to know that why, whether it's so they don't have to travel anymore or they can participate in their kids' events or they can work with a spouse or they can build a legacy that they can leave to their kids. What is that why that's going to drive them? Because without that, they're going to say, that's eh, too hard. Yeah, I'll do something else. Mm. So they they have to have that. They have to have that persistence. I think they have to be curious. They have to be coachable. They have to appreciate what the franchise company has done and hopefully have the business acumen that once they're up and running for a while, that they might even have some suggestions to tweak it a little bit more someone who likes to be involved in the community, someone likes to give back, someone who can build relationships. That's amazing. I love what you said about um, be curious and persistent and coachable. So what do you, what do you mean by coachable? Well, we all come with preconceived notions that we all know how to do certain things because we've had experience. And our experience may not be the best or something may have changed. We, we certainly know technology has changed. So by being coachable, I mean having that open mind to hear their suggestions and to say, this is the way we found to be most efficient, most effective, and we'd like you to do it this way. Yeah. And you have to be humble enough to say okay to that as a franchise owner, right? We don't want renegades per se. Uh, like I always say, if you want to buy a McDonald's, but you really love purple arches and not golden arches, right. save your money. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't think many franchise companies might award Lady Gaga a franchise because she'd probably show up in training in a meat rest. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. <laughs> I like that. Um, Diane, what is perhaps one myth that you would like to bust about franchising right here, right now? I would say keep an open mind and explore. When I first got into franchising, I thought everyone had to be Superman or Superwoman. I held them up on this pedestal. And then as I got to know the franchisees, I realized they are no different than you or me. They just were willing to follow a system. They had confidence in their skills. And they said, with training and a strong company behind me, I can do it. So don't shortchange yourself. Explore, go through the full investigation so you learn. 
If you dip your toe in, you're probably not going to have enough information to make a good decision. So go through the whole thing. A yes or a no is perfectly acceptable. Absolutely. What's the one most important thing that, because we're going to close the show, right? Okay. So if, if, if I never talk to you ever again, what's the one thing that I should do that, that's important in investigating a franchise? What's the most important thing? Know yourself. Know what you want, know your skills, your abilities, what you are bringing to the table, what you can leverage and say, I know this and I can do this. And I can hire people here. As the saying goes, you don't have to be the smartest person, but you have to know where to find the answers and access to those smart people. That's fantastic. Know thyself. There was some philosopher dude, I think, who said that. <laughs> It's, it's all we all learn, right? Yeah, no, it's great. I love it. Is, is there a way for folks um, that are listening to contact you? Probably the best is via LinkedIn, Diane Ploys, which is spelled P as in Peter, L-E-U-S-S, the franchise fitter. You can also find me on my website, dianeploys.com or Facebook, the, the typical social media. Well, excellent. And all of Diane's information will be on thefranchiseacademy.com in case you didn't catch that, uh, Diane's spelling of her name. Diane Ploys, spell it again, Ploys. P as in Peter, L-E-U-S-S as in Sam, Sam. And if you look at my LinkedIn page, you'll also see common misspelling. So if you spell it P-L-E-U-F-F -F as in Frank, Frank, you will also see that there so you can still <laughs> find me. Uh, smart. No excuses. <laughs> that is great. There's no excuse. Diane, thank you so much for your time on this. Um, some real great gems, just really great wisdom. So I appreciate you. And uh, thank you for being on the Franchise Academy. Well, it was my pleasure, Tom. And I certainly hold you in high regard and respect and feel honored that you invited me. Well, thanks. We'll see you soon. All right. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.